listener exclusive. I have a delicious secret. The Limestone Coast's hidden secrets. All right, Limestone Coasters, welcome to the first step of the brand new podcast. It is Limestone Coast Hidden Secrets. And the reason it's Limestone Coast Hidden Secrets is because there's a lot of things in the Limestone Coast that as locals and as visitors alike, we don't necessarily know about, about in our own backyard. And I have a perfect example for you. I have a lady on the line who's going to tell me about a property that's up in Narracourt. I knew nothing about this place. It was built in the 1800s. It is over 180 years old. Natasha joins me on the line to talk all about it. Natasha, good morning. Hi, Ewan. Natasha. <laughs> Thank you for that great rap. <laughs> <laughs> Narracourt House. I had no idea it existed. What made you decide you wanted to buy a 180-year-old house? Well, you know, what else is a girl to do? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm really fortunate, Ewan, that I, I did know about this property to some extent. And it was during COVID when I kind of got stuck in Narracourt. I was living in Adelaide and I kind of got stuck in Narracourt because all of my family still live here. We're sheep farmers. I'm a sheep farmer's daughter. And I grew up in the area. I went to school in the primary school here and the high school here, just down the road from this property. And I was volunteering in tourism and business in Narracourt in my 20s. And I did know the property as being um, a luxury B&B that had won a lot of awards. I, I knew of this property. And, and one day um, walking, I go for a walk with my, my mum around Narracourt and we chose to, to take a different path this day. And we walked past the property and there was a big for sale sign out the front. And I had been thinking during the pandemic you know, life got a little bit kind of <laughs> mundane. And <laughs> did, you, oh, did you get you butterflies know. and heart palpitations and <laughs> and the, the the pins and needles, all that sort of stuff? Well, it was it was a little bit like that actually. I thought, what this place is sale? I know this place. I know this is beautiful. And I thought, if it still looks much like it was when I remembered um, in the interior, then this was really exciting. So I contacted the agent straight away, literally as we were walking around, I contacted her on a Sunday afternoon. Can I have a look at this property? And because of COVID, I couldn't actually get in for a little while. So it made it even more exciting. When I looked inside, I thought, oh my goodness, the the beautiful interiors that I knew the lady who had done all the renovation work. And the, those works that she'd done, they were still here. And, and it's a testament to her. She had an uh, an eye for interior decoration, um, all the furniture, because it actually came with all the bits in it. Oh, <laughs> sensational. I know. Now, now it gets better, doesn't it? <laughs> you've owned the place now for, for almost 12 months. You, from what I understand, picked it up just about Christmas time last year. Yeah, well, I was really fortunate on Christmas Eve to spend my first night here as a new homeowner. I woke up Christmas Day to this and I woke up thinking, oh my gosh, <laughs> is this really happening? Um, and it was about three months of really hard work. There was a lot of conversations, a lot of work with um, local tradies. I think I counted mid-year, I'd worked with about 48 different businesses 
to um, get the property <laughs> to where it was. You know, expert tradespeople that are here, um, you know, joinery um, plumbers that had actually worked on the property 30 years ago wow. and things like that. I know the, the guys, they're still around. The, the guy was like, oh, as a plumber, he said, yeah, I did that as an apprentice. I did that bathroom. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> so, and it was like, can you remember where the piping was? He's like, oh. Uh... <laughs> sort of, maybe. But, yeah. <laughs> You know, I had to put it to public consult for my 11 direct neighbours because the property is in the township. It, you know, often these um, historic homes are way out somewhere that, you know, there's a day trek to get to. But because this was established by the founders of the town, the property actually uh, originally was where the town um, is now. It, it, it was, it's now three acres. I'm on three acres of, of beautiful lawns and landscape gardens but originally it was 53,000 acres it was hustle and bustle of a, a, a working sheep station with about 24,000 sheep so you know you can imagine the amount of people it was very labor intensive time for farming then now we've replaced that with you know tractors and everything but the horses and all the machinery you know that that was how they had to run it so that you can imagine it, it was a a really busy property and and this property just comes alive when people are here and that's what you know i've been trying to um just show people that give them a little taste of of what the potential of this property is and yeah i've just been trying a few things this year and what's it like to have 11 neighbours? My goodness. <laughs> oh, look, I am the luckiest girl in the world. I really am. The neighbours have, <laughs> they actually have been caring for parts of the the garden um, because it's like a tree almost in their backyard. And they've, you know, there's about four of them that have said, oh, do you mind, you know, I was taking care of that peach tree. Do you mind if I keep doing that? I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> um, and other ones, oh, we, you know, we spray this area this time of the year. Is that okay? Yep, that's absolutely fine, <laughs> you know, and, and just working with them. I live on site as well. Um, people that stay in the B&B get my sparkling personality with their stay <laughs> at no extra cost. Natasha, <laughs> <laughs> as we've talked about, 1842 is when the, the house started construction as a cottage. 180 mm. years old, the property. Take us through some of the history, some of the things that you know about. Well, it, it was known as um, Dartmoor Homestead for quite some time. So people who are listening, they may go, oh, okay, I have heard of that. So what I've actually done is I've reverted it to its original name because it was Narracourt Station for years and then there was a homestead that was built. So Narracourt Station Homestead, I've dropped the station because I could get a little bit confusing that it's not actually a working sheep station now. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Narracourt Homestead and um, I have used the original spelling of Narracourt as well. So that's something that people might not know about. Tell um, me more, was, Natasha. Yeah, Tell me more. See? Narracourt was originally originally spelt with two R's in the start, N-A-R-R-A-C-O-O-R-T-E. And um, it is 
um, from what I understand, um, the Indigenous spelling of Narracourt. And there's a few different interpretations and I'm working with as many people, educators, um, Indigenous elders to actually really make sure that I get this information accurate. Mm. Um, so I'm just sort of piecing bits and pieces together. But on the property as well, Ewan, there's two massive river red gum trees and they're Indigenous identified scarred trees. So they both have a scar on them that shows that um, there was a, a canoe cut out of one of them and a coolerman, which is a tray, cut out of the other. And these are incredible. They've, they've been dated at 450 years and 500 years old. So, you know, this is way before white man came and, and built the, the buildings 180 years ago. Mm. These trees just popped up and then probably in their lifetime about, I had a, an arborist here the other day, they sort of, guesstimate it may be about 200 years when the the, um, the canoe and the tray were cut out because a tree needs to be really quite mature when that's done and it seems that this property was a meeting place for a lot of um, Indigenous groups when they came from Western Victoria or up around the, um, the northern parts of South Australia. They would actually come here and they would trade tools and they would celebrate. So it, I feel much joy in, in the area here and it's on a bit of a rise um, because the area itself was this 53,000 acres, there's things that I've read that show that almost a third of it was underwater during parts of the year. And I mean, if this year is anything to go by, you can you can really see, you know, how wet a year can be. And, and this isn't even, you know, the worst of it. I, I remember flooding in Narracourt along the main streets when I was a child. Mm -hmm. But you can imagine, you know, a third of that 53,000 acres underwater, but this building, where these buildings are and where those trees are, is on a rise. So that was selected. It was very, you know, strategic in selecting this this place. So and of that, course we've we've of, got such yeah. a, a drainage issue in the limestone coast. We've got drains all over the place to <laughs> to get rid of that water. Well, it, this um, property again is part of that history. So in about 1912, um, the property in between private ownership was leased to the government and one of the buildings, it's a two-storey building, um, it was actually used as the offices for the drainage board. People met and made those decisions about how to make this land around here into farming land. And, you know, the, the, this property it not only was the, the one of the first was the first station to operate as a farming area, but it, it also then served as the, the the backdrop for the people making decisions about making it then into you know bringing it into the the future and and able to be farmed for you know many generations as well. Like I, I mean I I rave about these trees; they are beautiful. And then also in the backyard there is a a Morton Bay fig tree, and most people who would be listening would probably know about the Morton Bay fig trees in the Adelaide Botanic Gardens. Uh, massive big root systems. They, you know, they they're just incredible. And I've got one of those in my backyard as well. <laughs> um, it it is in the place. It's really cute story. Um, the the old cottage ha now has a bathroom um, that was built onto it, possibly around about. The, 80s 90s and um, it has a beautiful clawfoot bath it's you know running shower and flushable toilet but the original toilet was down the back 
um, by the fence and that's where this Moreton Bay fig tree is. And I'm like, well, that's probably why that fig tree is Looks so as good as it does. Incredible <laughs> because, you know, it's sitting on, um, yes, the ancient soil. But, um, yeah, that's, um, you know, the, the property is very serene um, even though it is in the middle of town. It, 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 look, don't get me wrong. I, I have had a massive learning curve with gardens. I, before I lived here, I lived in a one-bedroom unit with a paved backyard and a couple of plants. I, I really... <laughs> I'm not the most, um, I wasn't sort of informed about even how to mow a lawn. Um, so it's been a massive learning curve, but I love the fact that it, it's, it's designed in a way that is relatively low maintenance. And I say that because I'm a bit tired now from actually pushing a, a, a lawnmower around my three acres. Like seriously, I'm doing a lot of this <laughs> with a hand mower because I, I'm, I'm a runner and I walk a lot. So I'm like, well, I'm going to go for a walk. I might as well take the lawnmower for a walk instead. Um, <laughs> Which has been a bit challenging with the rain, but the the buildings themselves they are so versatile, um, completely photogenic, amazing. Uh, I've had photographers here with drones taking. They're like, oh my god, can we do this? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And they get very excited about this property as photographers because they envisage you know weddings, you know the backdrop of um, the buildings with you know a beautiful sweeping white wedding dress it, they just get very excited about that and th there's just so much excitement um, from other people that I speak to. Natasha there are going to be a lot of people in Narracourt who have no idea that Narracourt homestead exists there are a lot of people in the limestone coast exactly the same and I must admit I was oblivious it has been fascinating to talk to you this morning um, is there an opportunity for people to to take a look at your magnificent property and your incredible house and and maybe an opportunity to even have a, a weekend away and stay in luxury absolutely come and stay with me uh, so my website um just was put together earlier this year um narracourthomestead.com.au and that's n-a-double-r-a-c-double-o-r-t-e homestead narracourt homestead if there's a, a unique um event that you have coming up a, a special birthday or um, you know engagement or wedding like I said the, the property is very versatile so I'd love people to get engaged here that that will be the highlight of my day the highlight of my year um, if I you know learn that people are getting engaged here um, you know having beautiful experiences experience 180 years of history Natasha exactly. it has been a delight to talk to you this morning as part of the Limestone Coast Hidden Secrets. If you haven't checked out Natasha's uh, website by now, let me tell you, uh, the photos online of this property are amazing. And if you've got the opportunity to check it out at some stage, it is definitely one of the Limestone Coast Hidden Secrets. Natasha, we must talk again. Thanks for joining us this morning. <laughs> Thanks, Ewan. Listener.